Well, it is time for, I love every element of our service, but I'm the most excited about the sermon. That's what I've been thinking about the most all week. And this is where we get to sit back and listen to God talk to us. Uh, so don't mistake this for some helpful thoughts from Matt. Uh, it's time for us to listen to God's word together. And we will be listening in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. It really is good to see all you folks here. It's like each week the pews fill up just a little bit more. You know, those time-lapse pictures of flowers growing, you know? It's kind of like that. Each week, another spot in a pew is filled. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22 is our passage for this morning. And we've been working through Matthew passage by passage. We took a break last week for Easter, so we need to have a little bit of a recap to make sure everybody remembers the flow of Matthew's gospel. So this is the previously on part of the Netflix series. Previously in the Gospel of Matthew, we have seen Jesus' genealogy, which proves that he is of royal lineage. We've seen Jesus' supernatural birth that fulfilled several Old Testament prophecies. We've seen John the Baptist come preparing the way of the Lord before Jesus, preparing everyone for Jesus' arrival. We've seen Jesus baptized and heard a voice from heaven proclaim, this is the Son of God. We saw Jesus succeed out in the wilderness facing temptation where Israel had failed. And then the last passage before this one, we saw Jesus begin preaching publicly. Now, all of these passages are aimed at accomplishing one thing. Matthew's gospel is really only trying to accomplish one thing, He's trying to convince readers that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior King that God's people had been waiting for for generations and generations that the Old Testament had pointed to. So everything we've seen so far is saying Jesus is the Messiah because this, 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 and this. He is the long-awaited Savior King. And then the last verse that we read from Matthew before we took a break from Easter, was verse 17 of chapter 4. Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Matthew has been saying, This is it. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior King. It's time he is here. And then the first thing we hear Jesus preach is, Yes, it is time. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. It's time for God's kingdom to get underway. So that's where we are when we get to verse 18. So what will King Jesus do next? What would you expect the Savior King to do next if you hadn't heard anything else of the New Testament beyond this? Maybe he would start to work with the leaders of God's people, the highest-ranking officials in the Jewish religion. Or maybe he would find the strongest and mightiest people, the zealots, those who were already armed for conflict, and they would start to get a militia together, and they would start to get weapons so that they could fight back against Rome and establish God's kingdom. When Jesus didn't do any of those things, he did something that would be really unexpected if we weren't already so familiar with the story. He goes and collects a handful of regular guys, 
Let's start at verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Simon, who becomes known as Peter, yes, that Peter, and his brother Andrew, out fishing, uh, not hobbyists, this is their way of making a living. And these were regular guys doing regular work on a normal day. Nothing about them that would stand out as, yes, they need to be the first recruits for the kingdom of God movement that Jesus is getting underway. Let's read on into verse 19. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus calls out to them an invitation or a command, and then gives them a promise. A command and a promise. The command, follow me. It's literally two words, come and behind. So come on behind me. He's walking along the sea, and he motions to them, come follow me. This is the invitation for them to become disciples, followers, students. And they would. They would learn from Jesus by going with him everywhere he went, watching everything that he did. They followed Jesus. Then the promise, I will make you fishers of men. This is sort of a pun. They're out fishing. Jesus turns that to use it to make his point. I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to turn you into something new. Just like you're fishing for fish with those nets, trying to haul up fish, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to haul in people. This was an invitation for them to be not just disciples, but also apostles. They were disciples, they were students and learners, but they were also going to become apostles, messengers of the Messiah to gather in new people for the kingdom of heaven. Now, how would they respond? Verse 20. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately, they dropped what they're doing and they followed Jesus. Now, I always thought, I grew up in church, so I heard these stories when I was pretty young. I always thought this was the first time they'd ever seen Jesus. And so this was practically a complete stranger. Maybe they had heard rumors about him, but this was the first time they'd ever encountered him. And so this mysterious man walking along the shore says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they said, okay, and drop their means for their livelihood, their occupation, everything. And they, they go and follow Jesus, and it's abrupt, and it's immediate, and that's it. But there's more to the story if you look at the other Gospels. And I do want to show you these other Gospels real quick. In John chapter 1, verses 35 and on, we see a little bit more to the story here. I'm going to read just a couple of verses. John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. Now, in terms of the timeline, we're scaling back a little bit. We're back now with John the Baptist, when he's in the heyday of his ministry out in the wilderness, preparing everyone for the coming of the Messiah. John chapter 1, verse 35 says, The next day again, John, that's John the Baptist, not John the disciple. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. He had followers. He had people that followed him around and learned from him. 
So John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? I love this. It's so practical for them. And they literally were following behind Jesus. And Jesus was like, What are you doing back there? What are you looking for? Why are you following me? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was, dun dun dun, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, this happened before what we just read in Matthew. So, Andrew had already met Jesus. Andrew had already been a disciple of John the Baptist who was preparing everyone for Jesus. And Andrew had been standing beside his teacher, John the Baptist, when John the Baptist saw Jesus walk by, and John said, Guys, there he is. There he is, the Lamb of God, which means they would have understood this is the one that's going to take away the sins of God's people. This is the one I've been preparing everybody for. And so they ditched John and started following Jesus. So Andrew had already met Jesus, had already been following Jesus. Now let's read just a little bit more. Verse 41, Andrew first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. He looked at Simon and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter or rock. So when we get to this passage in Matthew, Simon Peter and Andrew had already encountered Jesus, were already convinced that Jesus was the Lamb of God, that he was the Messiah that they'd been looking for and waiting for. Jesus had already changed Simon's name to Peter, given him that nickname of Peter. So when they leave their nets to follow Jesus, this was part of an ongoing relationship with Jesus. They were already convinced. They were sort of waiting for their signal. They knew Jesus was the coming king, And they were learning from him and waiting and watching for the time when they were going to initiate the kingdom plan and get started. So Jesus says, come, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. They had some notion of what he meant. And so they did. They said, it's time. Let's go. Drop their nets. Follow the Messiah. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter 4 and read on. Verse 21. This is right after they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus, verse 21. And going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. We'll read on into, we'll stop there. Now, once again, here's the Zebedee family. James and John... This is John, the beloved, the very close disciple who wrote many of the books of the New Testament. Again, when I was younger, I always thought this is the first time they'd ever seen this Jesus guy. And they're out there working with their father. And this stranger comes along and says, all right, you guys follow me. But once again, there seems to be more to the story. Let's look at Luke chapter 5. 
Luke chapter 5. Now, it's not completely clear if this is the same event that we're reading in Matthew in much more detail and from a slightly different perspective, or if this is a completely different interaction that Jesus had with these guys. But this is fascinating to read. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the sea of, it's a part of the Sea of Galilee on the very northwest edge of it. And Jesus saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. This might be a little peek at what it looked like to follow Jesus for these guys. Simon Peter knows they've been working all night, caught nothing, exhausted. You can imagine if you've been working all night. But Jesus, who they considered their master, said, go out and put your nets out for a catch. He said, all right, I'm following you. I've committed to follow you, and you say to go out, I'll do it. Verse 6, when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So James and John, this wasn't when Jesus walked down the shore with Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and they saw these brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee. This wasn't like a two random people. He's like, well, I got these two random guys. Here's two more random guys. These were actually fishing partners with Simon and Andrew. They were business partners with them. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. For now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Which brings us back to our passage, our last verse in Matthew chapter 4, verse 22. Echoes what we just read there in Luke. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Immediately they left everything. I always picture Zebedee sitting in the boat. I always picture it just being the three of them out there. And they're all working together, a father and his sons. And then this random guy walks by and says, hey, you two, not, not the old man, but you two young people. Maybe the father started to stand up and think, oh, he's calling me too? No, I just want, I just want your sons. You're fine in the boat. And I always picture him kind of rocking there while he watched his sons wade out of the water. Wondered, like, what was he thinking? Was he thinking, oh, man, what about me? Or was he thinking, I hope they know what they're doing? Or... But as you get the fuller picture, you look at all the Gospels, you see that this, this was not random. This was not a, a new encounter. They knew Jesus. They knew what was going on. Uh, we learn a little bit more about 
James and John's mother later. And the picture is, all these people, they were convinced Jesus was the Messiah. So they knew what he was up to, calling them to follow. And so they, they dropped and left everything, which again, I always pictured was them just leaving all their fishing gear there and taking off. But they had family, they had partners. Most likely their family and partners kind of took over. One reason to think that is that later, after the crucifixion, you see many of them return to fishing. Uh, they probably just kind of went back to their family and their partners and got back involved. But they indeed did drop it all right then and there and go with Jesus. And that's our passage for this morning. Jesus calling some of his first followers, disciples who would become apostles. Now, what do we see here? What is this? What are we supposed to take away from this? Really, one sort of simple point. I wrote it out to make sure I got it right. The kingdom of heaven is built as God gathers Jesus' followers through the ministry and message of the apostles. I'll read it again in just a second because it's a little bit of an odd sentence there, but I don't think we're meant to take from this, this is the prototype, this is what following Jesus always looks like. He comes to you in a random time on an average day of work and you drop everything and you leave life as you knew it and you follow Jesus, you, you leave your livelihood behind, you leave your occupation behind, you leave your family behind every time. This is the prototype of following Jesus. I don't think that's really the point. I think the point here is simply this is how Jesus did it. This is how God started this kingdom movement. I also used to always think that when Jesus told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men, that that was a universal call for all Christians. You're all going to be fishers of men. But I don't think that's supposed to be our big takeaway either. I think we're just meant to see here's where Jesus gathered his fishers of men, his apostles. This is how he began with them and their unique call as apostles. I think we're just meant to see this is God's method. This is how the kingdom began, and this is how it continues to grow. The kingdom of heaven is built as God gathers Jesus' followers through the ministry and message of the apostles. Jesus' method was he gathered normal guys to live with him and walk with him and listen to him teach and see him perform miracles that he could embed the kingdom ethic and the kingdom message in, and then they would become apostles. He would die for the sins of those who would follow him, making salvation possible, and arise from the grave and be our living Lord, sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father, ready to come back and fully establish his kingdom. And in the meantime, he left the Holy Spirit to empower these regular guys to remember everything he taught them and to minister and record the message in miraculous ways. So you see them ministering in miraculous ways in the book of Acts. And we are the recipients of their miraculously recorded message in the New Testament. And this is the only reason they're credible. These weren't brilliant guys. These weren't great ancient philosophers. 
These weren't influencers or leaders or mighty men. These were regular guys, but they were commissioned by King Jesus himself and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are part of their catch. Jesus told them, I will make you fishers of men. In the story in Luke, they had just strained, pulled their back muscles, strained, almost sunk their boats because of how many fish they caught. And Jesus said, you're going to be catching men like this. You're, you're going to be gathering people beyond anything you can imagine. And here we are, all these generations later, we are still fish in the net from their catch, from the gospel that they perpetuated and the miraculous word that they put down. And God is still building his kingdom. He's still calling new followers of Jesus through their ministry, through the gospel that they handed down and God's word. We're still being reeled in. So we are now followers of Jesus because of these followers of Jesus. Now we are not called necessarily to leave everything that we know like they were. We are called to follow Jesus in our normal lives. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, everybody, when you become a Christian, live as you were before. You don't leave your husband or wife or kids or parents when you become a Christian anymore unless God puts some special call on your life and prompts you to do something out of the ordinary. You don't have to quit your job when you become a Christian unless it's in some overtly sinful industry that is incompatible with being a Christian. For us now as followers, our allegiance to Jesus and our following demonstrates itself in and through those aspects of our normal daily life. You following Jesus will show itself in how you treat your mom, your dad, your son, your daughter, your spouse, your friends, your colleagues, strangers at the grocery store. You following Jesus will find its expression in your workplace and in your neighborhood, and on your sports teams, and wherever you go. Living by Jesus' ways and teaching. And the reason we have that is because of these apostles. That's why Matthew's account is credible. It's because he was one of these disciples slash apostles. So I think our takeaway really is just to fill in our understanding of how all this got started. And it helps us understand the way it works now, and it reinforces us as we live as Jesus followers here and now. I just want to read one verse as we're dismissed. This is later in Jesus' time with his disciples. This is after they began to understand a little bit more that him being the Messiah was going to mean that he was going to have to die to pay for our sins. And he says in uh, Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Our lifestyle as followers of Jesus is sort of a, a daily carrying our cross and self-denial to live by Jesus's ways and teaching. And I'll leave you with that, and I pray that this week we can all follow Jesus together. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for allowing sinners like us into your kingdom through the sacrifice of your son Jesus on the cross. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and empower us to live as Jesus followers this week. Make it plain, make it clear, 
make it concrete. Sometimes I look back and the disciples, they physically just walked behind you and listened to you. It can seem more uh, difficult to get a handle on sometimes here and now. Would you please help us by your Holy Spirit to be just as clear about how to follow you, how to follow Jesus this week as it was for your disciples back then. In Jesus' name, amen.